Our next speaker, Zafa Kunil, is a poet born in Birmingham who lives in Shipley. His mother was English. His father, um, who's since moved to Lahore, is from Kashmir, and his debut collection, Us, is on the T.S. Eliot Prize shortlist. Zafa Kunil. Always good to have something to hide behind, or partially hide behind. It's been wonderful to be here so far, and I've, um, yeah, every talk I've massively enjoyed. Um, and we heard about boundaries and borders early on, and I'm going to start with a poem, and that's about uh, a cricket ball going over a boundary rope. Um, and it's a ball that I went off to go and find when I was a child. And I won't say whether I found the ball or not, uh, but I'll just say the poem begins in Birmingham, and it ends um, in Yorkshire, where I live now. Fielder. If I had to put my finger on where this started, I'd trace a circle round the one moment I came to, or the one that placed me, a fielder, just past the field, over the rope, having chased a lost cause, leathered for six, when, bumbling about, obscured in the bushes, I completely stopped looking for the ball, perhaps irresponsibly, slowed by bracken, caught by light that slipped the dark cordon of rhododendron hands, a world hidden from the batsmen, the umpires, and my team. Like the thing itself, that small-seamed planet shined on one half, having reached its stop out of the sphere of sight. And when I reflect here, from this undiscovered city, well north of those boyish ambitions, for the county, maybe later the country, I know something of that minute holds something of me there beyond the boundary, in that edgeland of central England, a shady fingernail of forest, the pitch it points at or past a stopped clock. Still in the middle, the keeper's gloves clap at the evening, Still, a train clicks on far-off tracks, and the stars are still to surface. The whole field, meanwhile, waiting for me, some astronaut or lost explorer, to emerge with a wave that brings the ball, like time itself, to hand, a world restored. But what I'd come to find in that late hour was out of mind, and the thing is, I didn't care. And this is what's throwing me now. Um, oh, thank you. Oh, thank you. So I suppose I'm thinking about boundaries of time as well and consciousness and memory, perhaps, in that poem, and also about cricket ball. Um, uh, this book is called Us, and... Um, I suppose us is a word that has a lot of kind of currency at the moment. Um, and when I was younger, I would hear uh, my father's relatives f use the word us, and I wasn't always sure if my mum was included in that. And I would hear other people say the word us, and I knew my mum was included, but I wasn't sure if my father was. And maybe I was, but yeah. Um, so the word us... Um, I suppose, is a space that holds kind of wide waters. And um, actually, I, I was going to read a poem as well about a, a DNA test I had done since we were talking about genetics and evolution. Um, 
but I won't read that. Um, <laughs> because in case I've got anything wrong. Um, but um, but I, I, did, I did send off, send off to Ancestry.com and got, got this test on it. It came back 50% European, 50% Asian, it said. And then it broke it all down in a fascinating way. And I'm 3% Scandinavian and 3%, an extra 3% fin- Finnish, would you believe? Um, and um, you can find all this out when you buy the book, obviously. But... Um, uh, um, yeah, so, so I never knew quite how to describe myself as well. Like, like I would say I was half Asian, or I'd say I was half Kashmiri, and I would say I was half Pakistani. My dad was actually born in what was India, and and then I would say I was, the other half was English. My my you know my mother's mother was born in Aberdeen, and she has ancestors as far north as Orkney and Shetland. And so, anyway, I, I never felt like I could get a description right and even now I'm told that mixed race is wrong as well so I, uh, you know, I'm in this position where I don't know how to describe what I am. Anyway this is, this is about the word us which is such a simple word I've been looking through the book and I can't find where it is us if you ask me us takes in undulations each wave in the sea all insides compressed as if from one coast you could reach out to the next. And maybe it's a Midlands thing, but when I was young, us equally meant me, says the one. Or you, tell us where you're from. And the way football fans share one fate, I, being one, am Liverpool, no less, cresting the Mexican wave of we and us. A shore-like state, two places at once, God knows what's in it. And at opposite ends, my heart sunk at separations of us. When it comes to us, colour me unsure. Something in me or it has failed the course. I'd love to think I could stretch to it, us. But the waves therein are too wide for words. I hope you get here where I'm coming from. I hope you're with me on this, between love and loss, where I'd give myself away, stranded as if the universe is a matter of one stress, us. I hope from here on I can say it, and though far-fetched, it won't be too far wrong. Um, Thank you. Thank you. I used to stutter when I was young, and so sometimes the spaces between words and, um, would seem like they, hold, they held infinite possibility. And um, just like the, the word us is a very small word, uh, this is about another small but big word, and it's the word the. The word. I couldn't tell you now what possessed me to shut summer out and stay in my room or at least attempt to, in bed mostly. It's my dad, standing in the doorframe, not entering, but pausing to shape advice that keeps coming back. Whatever is matter must enjoy the life. He pronounced this twice, and me, I heard wrongness in putting a the before life. In two minds, ashamed, aware, that I knew better, though was stuck inside while the sun was out, that I'm native here in a halfway house, 
like that sticking word, that definite article, half right, half wrong, still present between enjoy and life. Thank you. Thank you so much. Um, yeah, we were hearing about, uh, there's a question just now about um, the origin of language and, and, and this poem. And I, actually, the, the, the poem I have about DNA, in a way, I'm trying to say that maybe the English language is, is it, as mixed as I am and has mixed parentage and you know, is Indo-European. And this poem, I look at the symbol of the poppy, which is a very old symbol and goes back quite a long way in human history. And obviously, it represents remembrance, but also it's represented its opposite, escapism and forgetfulness and sleep. Poppy, who crops up wherever ground is opened, broken. No, this is not enough. Who crops up where acidic ground is neutralized. In Belgium, blasted bones and rubble added their twist of lime, turning the disturbed earth red. No, this is not enough. Then, where seeds lay buried, dormant, those older than I am, catching light, can stir from their long sleep in time, like history, raising a hand, a head. No, this is not enough. Remember, who's there in the first script on a Mesopotamian tablet, hull and gill, joy, flower, a cuneiform cocktail, our earliest remedy. Who begot war in China was named by Arabs Abu el-Num, father of sleep, a bloody sign of love's martyrdom, gul elala, flower of red in Persian and Urdu. Remember, beloved of Persephone, also found in the tomb like a watch, worn on the wrist of Tutankhamun and on coins issued by Herod. No, this is not enough. You need more. Who crops up, fringing the banks of Lethe after Troy, who bridges forgetfulness and memory, life and death, relief and pain. Who was loved by Coleridge, who wished that I could wrap up the view from my house in a pill of opium and send it to you, to be seen, swallowed, whole again. No, this is not enough. Who was the minded flower Shakespeare partly saw in all the drowsy syrups of the world, a release from grief that calls for more far-fetched relief? And as morphine sent your sap through my mother's veins while she could still hear me, while life remained in those hands that first held me, first calmed my small fevered brain. No, this is not enough whose pupil is a void dilating with light, its first and last entry, a compound eye in whichever form, who sees the black dot of the beginning, who's there on that date when all the ones meet, looped in a wreath year upon year, or poked through the eye of a buttonhole. There, I'm done. No, this is not enough. Then... Mother, mother, last word of that bleeding wrecked soldier, as heard by the last Tommy, the last link with living memory, spoken for now, 
like the countless millions of mouthless dead, there in the underworld, the fallen heavy head, the deaths we live with, enough said. Remember, this is you, wake up, you're summoned. No, this is not enough. Thank you. Thank you. And, and we were hearing brilliantly as well about Shakespeare earlier on and about the idea of division and dividing land and dividing love, I suppose. And, um, and this poem, I, I'm looking at a portrait of Shakespeare, the famous one in um, the National Portrait Gallery. And it was a, a Thursday night and they had a late opening and I'd had a couple of glasses of wine before I went in. And I could see my reflection against the glass. And we heard earlier about paintings and remember one line about paintings contain ghosts. And I saw myself and I felt like I was the ghost somehow. And it reminded me of how I felt at school. I looked very distant and disconnected and actually a bit stupid against, against the background of or the, his reflection. And um, I didn't really get Shakespeare when I was young. Not that I particularly tried, but I felt like he spoke a different language from me and he didn't speak to me, which I don't think now. I, um, uh, uh, but I, 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 because I'd had the wine, probably, I, I found that if I, I could line up bits of my face with his and see, his, see my eyes coming out of his face and give him slightly more hair and things, and, and because I'd had the wine, it, it, that felt like a profound metaphor for, for the way you can catch up with people despite your differences over time, space, talent, whatever, um, um, and almost share an identity uh, and a head. Uh, and I use the phrase half-cast, which is one of my many words for myself in the past. Um, but it's cast without the E, as in casting a shadow. The lyric I. Methinks I see these things with parted eye. William Shakespeare, A Midsummer Night's Dream. I've stood at your portrait at different times, scanned my own face, now and then in the glass, a cloud eclipsed, vaguely before or behind you, half cast, at a loss. Even the gloss back then at school left me looking this blank, in the dark, not on the same page, as you. But when I stand here, almost in a blink, I can place my eyes glazed over your stare. Let you lend me your ear, your famous cheek. Let the flare of your nostril stretch thin air. Even try on your earring from five feet, four centuries apart. I swear by this lapse the light on your mouth seems cast half on mine when I borrow the line between your lips. Um, thank you. Oh, thank you very much. And I'm going to re read a poem called Rain Globe. Um, I, I love to talk as well about touch. Um, uh, I was, it made me think, of, my mum actually died in the, in the same hospital that Sam, who introduced me, has worked in. Um, and I remember when she died, just holding her arm, and I still remember the warmth of her arm, and not wanting to let go, 
and then wanting to let go when I realized I never wanted to feel her touch as a cold thing. Um, and this poem has nothing to do with that at all, but it's about, it's about the idea of a kind of... Uh, it's called rain globe, and I'm thinking about the, the planet, I suppose, and as a kind of snow globe that is either being held or not being held. And I suppose that distance of touch. And it quotes from a Scot- Scottish poet called Hugh McDermid. And I won't do his accent at all, but it has a... It's, um, the, the line is, The wall, like an emis stain, wags in the lift. And the wall is the world. An emis stain means unste- unsteady stone. And the lift means sky. And I use the word um, wor- whirl and walls, and walls as in walls of a fingerprint. Rain globe. In this tilted, storm-knocked world, this drop of earth that holds the lift, how can we secure the cobblestones to the coastal fog or believe that above the whirl of cloud and flood we might see through walls on this stony sky the smudged, wobble-handed fingerprints of love? And I'm going to end with a poem called Prayer, which is set between two hospital beds. It's the bed my mum died in, in Hereford, and the bed I was born in, in Birmingham. Um, and it quotes from George Herbert. Um, and I suppose, in a way, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to touch different times together. Um, and I'll just tell you a little story about it because, because I know who I'm talking to. Uh, um, I know that some of you work in medicine. Um, just, um, we, we didn't know what was wrong with my mum. She was very ill, but we didn't know what was wrong with her till the day she died. And actually, I've not, not said this before, but um, we, the doctors told us around midday that she, what she had and how bad it was and suggested that, you know, gave, suggested we might not want to tell her um, and we didn't actually, and um, and I, I remember sitting on the bed with her, and I was very dizzy with the, what was going on. And uh, I said, the last time we were both sat on a hospital bed, I think, was when I was born. And she still had her wits about her because she said, "Big head." <laughs> um, and then, um, um, and then I. I was hearing the oxygen machine next to her bed, which was really loud, and I was thinking, I, I, I really wished she could be somewhere more comforting. And I, I said to her that the oxygen machine sounded like the sea, wanting her to visualise that. And she said something that I couldn't hear, and I asked her to say it again, which I felt embarrassed and to do. And she took off her oxygen mask, and she said, said these words again, and I still couldn't hear them because her voice was so weak. And I put my ear right next to her mouth, and then I heard what she said, and it was no rhythm. And um, I suppose this is about the rhythm of time. Prayer. First heard words delivered to this right ear. Allahu Akbar. God is great. By my father in the Queen Elizabeth maternity ward. God's breath in man returning to his birth, says Herbert, is prayer. If I continued his line from there, from birth, a break Herbert 
chimes with heaven and earth. I'd keep in thought my mum on a Hereford hospital bed and say what prayer didn't end. I'd say I made an animal noise, hurled languages hurt at midday when word had come. Cancer, now so spread by midnight her rings were off. I stayed on at her bed. Earlier, time and rhythm flatlining. I whispered, thank you, I love you, thank you. Mouth at her ear, she stared on, ahead. I won't know if she heard. Thank you.